Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Good morning. So we are in a series all about purpose, and over the last couple of weeks, Sam and then Mark have spoken about the purpose of creation and the purpose of humanity. And it's so important, isn't it, that we know why we're here and what our purpose is. It's so important, and and the thing I love about um, creation and the fact that creation has a purpose, and we as humans living in that creation have a purpose. And what struck me from, and really from something that both Sam and Mark have said over the last couple of weeks, is that we talk, don't we, about creation and, and this creator God who spoke and the world came into being, this one who made the, the light and the dark and the, the sea and the sky and the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the animals, God spoke and created this beautiful perfect creation and then within that he creates Adam and then Adam is it's not good for man to be alone so he gives him Eve and then God says here's my creation you tend to it you look after it that blows my mind because this is perfect this is creator God who has merely spoken this beautiful perfect world has come into being then he says now it's yours to look after what a challenge what a responsibility That's not what we're talking about today, though. I get the joy this morning of looking at the church. What is the purpose of the church? What is the church? When we talk about church, what do we mean by that? Because we're all here this morning. Hopefully, we're all here because I can see people, so there are people here. We've all come, and we would say we're going to church. Yeah, we've come to church. But what is the purpose of church? And that's what we're going to unpack a little bit this morning. For me, I love church. I love local church. I think it's, oh, I'm not going to get into it just yet, but it is a great idea. It's a God idea. But it's important that we know why church exists. Because if it's something we're going to give our lives to, if it's something we're going to give our time to, if it's something we're going to give our finance to, it's important that we know why we're here and what we're here to do. So I want to look very briefly, first of all, at what church is not. Okay, what church is not. And the first thing to say is that church is not a building. Now, again, we probably will have said this morning we're going to church. And we understand, don't we, that this is the building that we meet in. But at the very essence of what church is, it is so much more than just a building. This building here is our home. This is what houses what we do as new life. But, you know, if we didn't have a building and we still met together somewhere today, we would still be church. So this is a beautiful building, and we want to do the best that we can with it. We want to look after it. We want to honor it, but we don't want to worship it because this building is just a building. Now, in some senses, it is holy because it is a church building, but when we're talking about the very essence of what church is, These walls, these bricks and mortar, are simply our home to house what we do in it. They should be a tool to help us outwork what we as the church want to do. And sometimes when you look at churches, 
you can see that actually what started for them as their building as just being a tool for them to use has now actually become the main thing. And everything is about the building. And everything is about this pristine and, and making it absolutely perfect. And almost the building becomes the master. Well, that's not what church is. Church is not just a building. Church is also not just a little holy huddle of people who we found Jesus, we've got our ticket to heaven and we're just going to come and meet and do what we do and enjoy ourselves and then almost shut ourselves off from the world. That's not what we're called to be, just a holy clique that come in and do our thing and never look outward. We're also not supposed to be a social club where we get so used to just coming and we hang out with our friends and, and that's where we do our life at that church building. But again, we're about so much more than that. As much as we love coming and meeting with our friends and having coffee together and chatting, church is about so much more than a social club. Church is also, hear me right now, church is also not the answer to discipling you. Church is not the answer to discipling you. Now, let me clarify what I mean by that. When we come together, whether that's on a Sunday or in our small groups or wherever we might meet, of course, we come to learn and grow. We want to be taught from the front. We want to encourage one another. But actually, the responsibility for you and me growing as disciples lands with each one of us. If I want to grow, that's not Pastor Russ's responsibility to grow me. Okay, he has a responsibility to teach and to lead, but it's not his responsibility as to whether I grow as a disciple. That's on me. I need to put myself in positions where I can be fed, where I can be taught, but actually I then have to go and take that and do something with it. It's the same if you've got children or young people. It can be real easy to think, ah, oh, I'm sending them to NLK, I'm sending them to NLY. That team will disciple them. Well, yes, they will teach them and will sow seeds and will encourage them and hopefully inspire them to live a life of faith. But guess what? The responsibility for discipling our children, young people, lies with us as parents. That's where it begins. And so church is not the answer to you growing as a Christian. And also, church is not all about you. Turn to the person next to you and say, church is not all about you. As much as we might like to think it is. So you see, when we look back at the early church, when the church was first established, they didn't have smartphones where they could access the Bible. They didn't even have the Bible in its form that we have now. How they grew and how they did church was together. They met in each other's homes. They met in places where they could read the, the scripture together, where they could pray together. And sometimes, and we are so incredibly blessed in our generation because we have access to so much stuff, to podcasts and different Bibles and websites and sermons and a whole heap of stuff. But I think what we can be in danger of is it becomes just about Jesus and me. This is what it is. This is my relationship. Whereas actually church is more Jesus and we. So when we gather, it is not about what I want or what you want, but actually us together as a community of faith. How can I build up and encourage you in your faith today? How can you build up and encourage me? So church, it's not just a building. 
It's not just a holy huddle of people. We're just hanging on till Jesus comes. It's not a social club. It's not the answer to all of your discipleship. And it's not all about you. So what is church? I hear you ask. First thing I want to say about church is that church is God's idea. Church is God's idea. And if something is God's idea, you've got to know it's a good thing. This is what we read in the book of Matthew, chapter 16. It says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And if you remember that cheesy old song we used to sing, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not be failure. Anyhow. The church is God's idea. He established it. It is his vehicle, the conduit through which he reaches the world. So when we come and say we're part of church, we need to know at the very foundation, this is something that's God's idea. This is something that God established. This is something that, you know, the Bible says that we are the body of Christ and that Jesus is the head of the church. This where we're gathered today, this that we do church together, it's God's idea. The second thing about church is that it is a gathering. So the Greek word that we mainly translate into church is ecclesia, ecclesia, which means an assembly or a gathering of people. Now this wasn't just a a, a religious word, it was a word that was used to describe any kind of gathering. But that's the word that is translated as church. And so the very essence of church is that it is about a gathering of people. And that comes back to, we could be meeting in a hotel today or in a car park, hopefully not because it's freezing and and windy, but wherever we meet, if we are gathered together, we are the ecclesia, we are the gathered people, the church of God. Matthew 18, Jesus says, for where two or three gather together as my followers in my name, I am there among them. So you see, whenever we gather whether that's in a very small context in terms of our small groups or in terms of team meetings, whether that's in terms of here on a Sunday in our gathered church, or whether that is the global church, so wherever people are gathering today, when we gather, we make up the church. And some people will say, well, if church is not about the building, and if it's not about going to church... And if it's about the people being the church, and maybe I don't actually need to be a part of the gathered church. I'm a Christian. I'm learning as a disciple. I don't actually need to be a part of the gathering. But I would question that this morning. Because even though this building is just a building, it is so important that we gather together. If church is a gathering, how can we be church if we're never gathering with people? To me, it kind of seems quite simple. But actually, we miss the point 
if we think that we don't need to be gathered. Because when we are gathered, we are taught, we are encouraged, we are strengthened, so that then when we scatter, we are resourced to take what we've received here out into our world. The psalmist says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. In the planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I'm a big believer that we have to be planted and rooted in local church. Because local church, that's what we commit to. That's where we've got covering. That's where we've got accountability. And so when we gather together, we make up the church. We are the church this morning because we've come and gathered. And church can look on, on a whole sort of different levels. I've just mentioned it there. The gathered church could be in your small group. Now that's not 100 or 200 of us like there are this morning. That's a very small group, but you're still church. When we gather together here on a Sunday morning, that is church. When we think about believers everywhere, together we make up the global church. You are part of something much bigger this morning. You are part of something that goes beyond Scunthorpe, that goes beyond North Lincolnshire. All over the world today, people are gathering and you and I get to be a part of that. As part of my job, I, um, I work for a Christian charity called Safe Families, and I go around different churches presenting the work that we do. So if ever I'm not here on a Sunday, that's where I am, not just on holiday. And do you know the beautiful thing is that, like, a couple of weeks back, I was in a church in Caister, for instance. Never been to that church before. Only knew that the leader, because they'd invited me to come in. But do you know, there's something about just being in church that I felt it was my family. There was a sense of togetherness. I'd never met those, but because there was a common theme, because there was something that united us, and that's the joy of church, that wherever you go in the world, you could be in a church that speaks a completely different language, but there's something of Jesus in there. There's something of family. There's something of the very essence of church. And how beautiful is that, that we get to be a part of that? And so as we look at the purpose of church, I want you to keep in mind that you and I make up the church. So when we say the purpose of church is, it's not just for a Sunday morning. It's not just for gathered church. The purpose of church is for here, but also when we take it out and we are scattered, the purpose, you and I need to carry that culture, need to carry the heart of what church is. So church should be a place of welcome, a place of welcome, excuse me. I remember once uh, we hadn't been married all that long and we lived in a village and um, we were undertaking a new building project so our church had been knocked down and we were building it again and it was Christmas, Christmas day and uh, Mark had been asked to preach in a different church in the village on Christmas day. I mean, what, what an opportunity, Christmas day, great day to be in church and we we turned up at the church and went in and nobody, not one person, spoke to us. Now this was Christmas day of all the days that you'd think, go say hello to somebody people, come on. Christmas day, not one person, I know sometimes we might think people exaggerate, that's absolutely no exaggeration, not one person spoke to us. And I remember saying to Mark, if that was my first time in that church, I would not go back. Because nobody, nobody bothered to say hello. Now, we, we were more mature, we, you know, we, we knew that we were big enough and we could handle that. But the point is, 
as a church, we have to be a place of welcome. We have to be a place where people feel at home. We have to be a place that is a safe space for people, where no matter what they're journeying with in life, no matter what they're wrestling with, no matter what questions they've got, hey, first and foremost, you're welcome here. And in gathered church, sometimes we can almost negate our responsibility and think, well, the hospitality team, they welcome, and they do. We have a great hospitality team, and they will welcome you every time you come in. But actually, do you know, it's not just on them. The onus is on you and me. Are we welcoming? Does our attitude say you're so welcome here? Do our words make people feel that they belong here? You know, when we look at Jesus, Jesus didn't just spend time with the people who were like him. He spent time with the outcasts, with the lepers, with the sinners, with the tax collectors. Jesus welcomed everybody. And no, he didn't want them to stay in the position where they were when he first met them. But at the very first part of call, Jesus welcomed. And church in this gathered setting has to be a place of welcome. Peter and Paul, when they're writing to the churches, they often use a phrase that says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, don't get all excited or worried, depending on which side of the coin you might go on that. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, you see, the point they were making is not so much about the kiss, but the fact is when you greet one another, let it be with genuine affection. Let it be with genuine care. Let it be with that genuine, I am pleased to see you. And that's what our gathered church should be. We need to be welcoming to everybody. Rich, poor, black, white, employed, unemployed. Whoever you are, this should be a place of welcome. And I think it'd be great, and I'm not asking Graham to kind of do this this week, but I think it'd be great if above our door, as soon as you come in, when you enter new life, it says, welcome home, come as you are, everyone is welcome here. Now, I'm sure we all think that in our hearts, but how great for that to be our culture. Welcome home, come as you are, everyone is welcome here. And that has to be what church is all about. Now, that's in the gathered, but again, when we are then scattered, when we leave here, are we carrying that same sense of welcome and warmth? Are we carrying that same sense of, hey, I genuinely love you and I'm genuinely here for you? I read a great, great quote a few weeks back that says this. Church is not an organization you join. It is a family where you belong, a home where you are loved, and a hospital where you find healing. Church is not an organization you join. It's a family where you belong, a home where you are loved, and a hospital where you can find healing. What a beautiful thing the church is. So church should be a place of welcome. Church should also be a place of worship. A place of worship. Everything we do here and in any kind of gathering as church should be giving glory to God. Everything we do should be giving honor to him. Everything we do should be pointing people to him. This is not about our own ego or building our own platform but actually everything we do God we want it to make you look good we want to give you glory and we have an amazing opportunity when we come in 
to church, to the building on a Sunday morning, we always have a time that is set apart for us to sing our worship and sing our praise to God. That is a beautiful time. And there is something really powerful about corporately coming together and lifting our voices. I don't know if you've ever come to church and not really felt like being here. I'm not going to actually put your hands up because you might be a little bit embarrassed. But if you ever, you might have come to church and thought, I don't really, I'm not feeling it this morning. Not really. And your mind can be wandering. I've had times like that. Don't really feel like being in this place today. But you know what? As I'm in that time of worship, and as people around me begin to sing and begin to raise their hands, it encourages something in me that actually helps me lift my eyes off me and reminds me, yes, this is not about me. This is about you, God. And there's something about corporately coming in when we come together and we raise our voices together that actually this becomes a place of worship. This becomes a place of fixing our eyes on God. And Paul talks a lot in his letters about, hey, when you come together... This is not just about sit, right, bless me, feed me. Actually, no, we come to contribute. We can all bring something. Now, yeah, we're not all going to be up on the stage singing, because heaven forbid some of us really would not be a joyful sound that we make to the Lord. But we can all bring something. You can contribute this morning to the worship, to the gathered sense of worship in church. You could encourage somebody. You could pray with somebody. You and your worship engaging, raising your hands, clapping, looking like you want to be here. That encourages other people. And when we see the gathered church as a place of worship, it helps us to lift our eyes off us and onto Jesus. Remember, this is about Jesus and we, not just Jesus and me. But also to say that church is about worship, if we only think, well, I've been to church, I've worshipped, and now I'll pick that up again when I come next Sunday. Worship goes so much deeper than that. For the church to be a place of worship goes so much deeper than just like a 20-minute slot on a Sunday morning, as great as that is. Actually, I believe everything we do is an act of worship. Everything we do should reflect Jesus to our world, should show him how much we love him, should show him how much we honor him. Colossians 3 says this, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. You see, I believe your life and my life, that's our worship. How we treat people, that's our worship. It's not just confined to these songs we've sung in here, but actually how I interact, how I treat my family, how I handle my finances, how hard I work, all of that is an act of worship. And so when we say one of the purposes of the church is to be a place of worship, what a great opportunity that you and I can choose. God, in how I live my life, I want to make it about glorifying you. When people see me, I want them to see you. When people see how I treat people, I want to treat them, Jesus, in the way that you would. All of those things combined are your worship, are my worship. Let's never just relegate it just to this time on a Sunday, as amazing as that is. It has to be when we go from here, God, my life is my worship. How I speak to people in the street, that's my worship. Because you know what? Jesus is with us always. 
Sometimes we, we use that, we, we say that promise that, you know, you're never alone. Because be, behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. But actually that also means you're never on your own. Jesus is there with you. And it's not just a case of, well, God's not seeing that today, so I'll pick up the worship next time I'm in church. No, he is with us all the time through his Holy Spirit. What an opportunity we get to be the church, here gathered, out there scattered, here, there, and everywhere, and to be people of welcome and people of worship. Thanks, Sam. You always encourage me. You always encourage me. Church should also be a place of witness. And for any of you who are in the Bible course on Thursday night, and Mark talked about how you prepare a preach, hopefully you've seen this morning, three points all starting with the same letter. <laughs> Church should be a place, it doesn't have to be like that. Church should be a place of witness. So here's the thing. Globally, every church and everybody who professes to be a disciple of Christ, a follower of Jesus, we all have the same mission. We all have the same mission. And it's what Jesus said. Go and make disciples. Go and share what you found with other people. Teach them, baptize them. So you could be a Christian here in Scunthorpe, in Cuba, in France, in Bognor Regis, wherever you want to be this morning. And that is, I don't know where that place came from, that is your mission. That is my mission. That's our mandate. Go and make disciples. Live out the life of Jesus. Bring other people into that walk with him. But then we also bring that down to a local vision. And the way that we have the way that we outwork that in new life is that we want to help people find and follow Jesus. And we want to see people and places transformed by his love. So our global mandate is the same and how we articulate that in new life is to help people find and follow Jesus. So therefore, as the church gathered here on a Sunday or at our events or our ministries or our outreach or our small groups or you as individuals scattered, the, the, um, the mandate on you and on me is to live a life of witness, to live a life that helps people find and follow Jesus. Jesus said this, and this is from the message version. Some of you will have heard this. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there, shine. Shine bright. And that is, that's the responsibility we have, but that is the privilege we have. That what we get, what we get by knowing Jesus, by knowing him as our way maker, by knowing him as our provider, by knowing him as the one who forgives us our sins, who sets us free from the power of sin. All of that that we get, we are called to be witnesses to that in our world. When we are gathered, we are resourced, we are encouraged, 
we are built up, we are hopefully fed and given tools so that when we go out from here, we don't just leave Jesus in the building. We don't just leave that sense of who he is, but actually we take that with us. We are called to welcome, to worship and to witness. We are called not just to do it here, but when we go out. And like, I think there should be words on our door as we come in. I think there should be words over that door that says, now go out and live out all you have received today. Be salt, be light, and be a witness. Because that's our mandate. Not just to keep it here, but to take what we've received and to live it out in our world. And you know, we don't have to do it by ourselves. Because look around this morning. Look around. Genuinely, have a look around. <laughs> like it or not, we are your family. Maybe look the other way if you weren't too happy with what you saw the first time. <laughs> we are family. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Do we rub each other up the wrong way sometimes? Probably. Oh, there's a few too many yes, amen, then that's a little bit loud going on there. But hey, do you know what? Just bringing it right down real now, we're family. And when you go out of here into your place of work or to your family or to whoever it might be, I want you to know I'm, the, I'm for you. I, I'm championing you. I'm celebrating you. I'm cheering you on. If you need somebody to pray, come, come talk to me. Not just me. This is not about, oh, how great Dean is. I'm saying we're here for one another. We don't have to do this by ourselves. We are gathered and then we are scattered, but there's still that connectedness. And more importantly than that, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We don't do this in our own strength. We don't have to live as disciples in our world in our own strength. The very presence of God dwells in us and goes with us. Like Pastor Russ was talking a few weeks about the Holy Spirit is not just an it or a force. It's the very life of God within us. So when we are scattered, we go knowing I've got the support of my family, my church family, and I've got the power of God within me. Church is a beautiful thing. If we get it right, church is a beautiful, beautiful thing. We're known and we're referred to as the bride of Christ. And you know, when on a wedding day, if you've ever been to a wedding, I'm sure you have, we had Sam and Becca's not so long back, when that bride walks in, I don't know if you've ever been to a wedding and seen a bride looking a little bit tatty or a little bit grubby or with a ripped dress or, you know, the bride, you put in effort, get your hair done, get your makeup done, get a beautiful dress because you want it to be that on this day, I'm looking my absolute best. And I know church is not perfect. I've been around church my whole life. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Let's not be a tainted bride. Let's not be a church where we have whispers and, and moanings and we're the bride of Christ. And I feel so passionately 
that church, and for this is my church, I feel passionately that this church, let's make it the best it can be. Let's not just leave it to somebody else to make it the best it can be. You and I, what can we do to make this the best it can be? For our children growing up in church, let's make it the best it can be. For our young people who are just facing so much stuff, probably stuff that even you and I have not faced when we were younger, let's make it the best it can be for them. Let's determine Jesus as far as I am able. I'm going to give my all to make your church the best it can be. Let's commit to being people of welcome. Not just, hey, nice to see you, but genuine, you are welcome. In this place, you are welcome as part of this gathering. Let's be people who genuinely live a life of worship that we recognize it's not just what I do on a Sunday. My whole life is worship. And let's be people who take the responsibility, who take that privilege that I get to share what I've got. I get to witness to my world. That's our mandate, new life. That's the purpose of church. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about us together, lifting up the name of Jesus. Why don't you bow your heads? Just close your eyes for a moment. You may be sitting here this morning thinking, yeah, I agree with all that, but I've not always had a good experience in church. And churches get it wrong sometimes. We don't always make the right decision. We do things with a good heart. We don't always get it right. But if you're here now today and you are saying, this is my home. This is where I belong. And I want to commit myself to that. Then you need to know that we are family together. And we want to walk together. We want to celebrate together. We want to worship together. We want to mourn together. We want to be a family of God that make up this local bride of Christ that then is part of the global church. And so, Father, I thank you because church is clearly your idea. I thank you that the church is how you reach the world primarily. I thank you that this can be a place of welcome. I thank you that we can carry that culture. And I ask for everybody who is in the room today or who's watching online, that God, that we will all take that mandate and we will be the church, whether we are gathered or scattered, whether we are here, there, or everywhere, that we will take what it means to be church and we will live that out in our community. We will live that out in our family. We will live that out in our neighborhood. And that Jesus, through how we live and through how we operate, that people will come to find you and choose to follow you. This is all about you and all for your glory. So help us, Jesus, I pray. In your name I ask this. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.